Welcome to the Lowdown. Today's show, Oilers get some help from Calgary. I'm serious. And reading the tea leaves, we have Tanev, Bachnevich, and Henrique as Edmonton trade targets. We'll talk about that and more today. You can reach us, of course, on the radio at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada, and then after the show, Apple and Spotify Podcast Plus we tweet it out for you as well. Text or call 1-833-401-1440. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for financing as low as 0%, cash discounts, and more on remaining 2023 Sierra Half Tons, plus cash discounts on remaining GMC and Buick SUVs. WolfGMCBuick.com. We're on Twitter at Low Tide, at Donovan Paulson, at Declan Kruger. We're all ready to go. We're all dressed up. We're so into the show. We've, we've been planning for at least 22 hours, and we're going to rock and roll. Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal, uh, Frank Cusmano uh, from 590 Fan in St. Louis, and Duncan with Declan. Declan, do you have, do you have any like hot stuff for the NBA Today? Yes, yes, I do. The The Boston Celtics are the king of the NBA, playing incredible basketball. Nine-game win streak atop the East by the, seven the, and a the, half games. The 76ers looking, had them at halftime, though. Yeah, the 76ers, listen, man, what are you going to do? You lose a league MVP, things like this are going to happen. You're going to fall into the uh, sixth six, six spot in the conference. You're going to be three and seven in the last ten. It just happens. Tyrese Maxey's great. Not quite that guy yet. We're going to get all into it later. All right. Good stuff. Uh, Donovan, how are you today? Are you are you you were the first one here today? We were lollygaggers. I guess you're used to that. Yeah, I, I am. I'm very used to that. Uh, I'd like to think after my uh, brief stint on this show so far, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was here for the uh, the drill, mm-hmm. the uh, the very very rigorous and dangerous uh, safety drill, and yep. you guys weren't. So well. I felt alone <laughs> and I felt scared. It was terrifying <laughs> back there. It was a very dark room. We are just trying to prepare you for life. That's all we're trying to do on the show today. Life is one scary back dark room. Damn straight. Uh, Matthew DeFranks from the St. Louis uh, Post-Dispatch is saying, Kasperi Kapit and Scott uh, Peronovich are scratched tonight, uh, according to Drew Bannister. Nikita Alexandrov and Tyler Tucker will slot in. You ever notice about the mid-season of every year, and maybe it's just me because I'm older, sometimes I think they just make up the name. You know, we got uh, Tyler Tucker... Coming in, and of course, I'll find out later. Tyler Tucker's from Stony Plain, and is going to be a big star. That's the way it works. Uh, so today, I want to do a lot of rumor talk because it's out there. Uh, Jason Greger will be talking about it too. He has an article up about uh, you know what the Oilers need, and Daniel Nugent Bowman at the Athletic and myself have an article coming soon, uh, taking all of the suggestions you send in to us, and we're going to give our responses. And I will say this. Edmonton Oilers fans used to be really great at the draft and figuring out the draft and doing mock drafts. And that has now changed over to highly creative trade ideas. These are monumental franchise-altering deadline deals, which is hard to do, but many of them are very reasonable. So I'm going to go around the table and I'm going to start. I will start with this. I want your best trade the best trade you think the Edmonton Oilers could make at the deadline that is reasonable and realistic and addresses what you need. So, are you ready? I will give mine first. And it's only one. One trade, okay. that's it. One trade, all in. Okay. 
So my trade is Brett Kulak and a pick. I don't know if it's first or second for a signed, for a signed Kristana. Thoughts? I think that would be an interesting deal. I th- I feel like, I feel like personally, Cody Cece would be more likely to be included in that deal. But I feel like that's a very well. I think you trade Cece afterwards. But oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Wheeling and dealing over there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that's maybe a, a little bit much on the on the price, but I I could see something like that happening. Yeah. Okay. So, do either of you have a trade? Because I I sprung this on you. If you want to wait a little while, you can. We could do it like at the end of this segment. No, I think I'm. I think I'm okay. Okay. So, what's your suggestion? Uh, the, the one thing I will say is I haven't worked out the exact dollar figure. Oh, that's fine. Don't but, worry about okay. that. We. We'll, so mine uh, would be for Gensel with fifty percent retained. Mm-hmm. For Fogel, a prospect. I'm gonna say Borgo. Right. And a first. Okay. That's, I will say, just my opinion, I will say that's a, uh, if you're going for it all, because the first round pick doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. to the Oilers. That oh, first yeah. round pick is not going to play next year or the year after. And so, and Borgo is obviously, he's not playing well. He hasn't at any points in the last 10 games. So he is sacrificable. And I know that's not a word. So it comes down Sacrificial? to. Maybe. Right. Is Fogel a lesser player than Gensel and the answer is yes and you are taking a chance because you're giving up a first for a rental but Gensel is a game changer and I like Fogel don't get me wrong no no I understand that last last sentence is exactly what it comes down to Gensel is a game changer Warren Fogel is a nice piece yeah no I'm I think that that we have targeted the two best out there what about you I think I can say Buchnevich I know him I'm actually unbelievably not going to say oh, Pavel Buchnevich. Okay. Right. I'm going to go for something I think a little more attainable and a little bit more realistic. Okay. Give me a... Hey, give so me you're not dating now. You're just making a trade. No, I'm just, just making a trade <laughs> here. By the way, did you laugh at my, my pick just then? He no. did. I okay. heard him. I thought I heard him laugh no, he as well. Did. He All did. Right. He, what he did was, he it was even worse than that. He goes... <laughs> I'm, I'm coming in hot for this right, one then. After right he at the end his. of it, he, he goes, <laughs> idiot. And it was almost imperceptible because I was talking, but I heard it. Mm. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible yeah. behavior. I'm so, I'm so sorry. He's dug I'm, his I'm grave so I'm going I'm to rip him for this one. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay, well... I've gone a little bit more more attainable here and a little bit more along a Jason Greger line here. Okay. Except it's a little bit different. It's Nick Dowd and Anthony Mantha mm-hmm. at 50% retained on Mantha. I, I feel like that's a little bit more attainable than, right. than some of the other top six options out there. So give me give me Dowd and Mantha for 50% retained for a first. And then, I don't know, let's, let's throw in... Let's throw in a little bit of a, of, a, of a second, and then I think that would be about it, honestly. A first and a second for, for Dowd and Mantha? Well, I think that... that Is that too much? Well, no, but I think, I, I think it's reasonable. Um, I, I think... Like, Dowd's getting a lot of play, but he's still a fourth-line guy. Mantha, it, it comes down to if the scouts like him, because I... I like, like he has not been consistent, and, mm-hmm. and they're trying to win the Stanley Cup, but he's, I mean, he's been really good this year. What do you think? I don't think it's enough going back for Washington, but I like where it started. I like those two coming together. I like the salary retention on Mantha naturally, but I think Washington would need a little bit more of a sweetener than just mm. a first and a second. Mm. I was really looking forward to rip into that one, and then it started well, and I was going to actually hop on the mic and say, ooh, I, I kind of like this. And then, you know, 
it finished how it finished, but I'm not too mad at it. Well, it's, you know, I, I think we've been around the horn, and I like that, you know, because our friend Donovan, he was he was hot for Tarasenko, and then he was moving to Bichnevich, and now he's talking Mantha. And I think that all of those names are in play, along with Gensel and Tanav, the guys that we have uh, discussed. Is there any, I, I keep hearing Henrique is in play for the Oilers. I love Henrique's a 3C. I've said it yeah. here on this show. I really like it. I don't know how logical or how feasible it well, is. Well, they have I, to retain half. Yes, I sure. do really like him as a player, but the, the one thing is like Gensel, the reason he's been thrown out so much and the reason I threw him out again here today is because I feel he is the biggest game changer coming back. More than mm. a Buchnevich, more than a Tarasenko, more than a Dowd, more than a Tanev. I think he is the biggest Im- come in and be an immediate impact player on that top six. Yeah. But that's just me. It's what I, you know, what I find interesting is the deadline is what the eighth. Yep. Yep. So it is like, we're talking 10 days away and we had the two big trades two right from, from Calgary. Uh, well you had Lindholm and then the other one was Monaghan. Monaghan. Yeah. Right. So, and Calgary's still at the front end because we had Rachel Dory right on Monday she said the Flames are holding it up with the Tanav trade and other trades Hannafin trade and I think they are holding up the process because you know we keep saying well you know they're going to pursue this and this and this but I think Ken Holland always said he did an interview with Daniel Nugent Bowman I'm going to say three years ago and he gave his process and his process is this he makes a list he starts with the guy that he wants the most and then it goes down and he checks down and i think tanev is at the top of the list but i think the second guy is probably a winger or maybe it's gensel then tanev and i think that that for ken holland he is checking out everything and he's checking his list and doing it twice and he's got his as he always does he's got irons in the fire everywhere but until tanev and gensel go I don't think he's going to check down. I think those guys are still the priority, and that means it could go right to the wire. We could be talking about this. Is ne- we could be talking about this next Wednesday as I, a possibility. I feel like we are going to be. Talking I was going to say I have a sneaking suspicion we'll be doing just that. Wow, incredible! I, I I was hoping to see a trade by now because what happens when there's a trade? Everybody gets excited. Then you start moving deck chairs around, and you're like, okay, well, they've done this now. What else can they do? And they could make a small trade now, guys. They could trade for a backup goaltender right now. Um, I tweeted out earlier a brilliant article. I hope people read it. Sometimes I tweet things out, and I'm convinced people will read it, and sometimes I'm not. This is one you should read. Uh, It's from Shana Goldman, who might be the smartest person analyzing hockey uh, today at the Athletic Stanley Cup checklist, analyzing the West contenders ahead of the trade deadline. I'm not going to read everything she says about Edmonton, but there are a couple of things there that really kind of drive home the point. Uh, At this point, this team needs to tweak above all, uh, tweak needs tweaks above all else, so just tweaks, potentially at each position, another depth scorer. And then she talks, he goes back to goaltending. And I think that, that the, the, the more we don't talk about goaltending, the more that if something shakes loose, and I don't know what that would look like, but if something, sh- and I'm not talking about Saros because I don't think the Oilers can afford to do that, but a really good backup. Pickard, Picard's looked fine. Calvin Pickard, that's his name. He looks fine. I just wonder if there's something out there because at some point it'll be game one of the Stanley Cup Finals and I swear to God, Wood Guy will tweet out, they should call it goalie. 
because every year we get lulled. Oh, they need this, they need that. And if goaltending, man, and I'm not talking about a replacement. I'm not talking about a replacement for Stuart Skinner. I'm talking about a, like a legit, bona fide backup. And you're convinced beyond measure Pickard's not that guy. No, I'm not. Okay. And I, but that's what I'm saying is that's, I'm, I'm not convinced. That's, um, that's what I'm saying as well. Yeah. I'm, but, but I think they should be doing their due diligence. You know, yep. Mackenzie Blackwood is on IR now. He was yep. a guy that I thought they could maybe trade Jack Campbell for. Um, I'll read this and then we'll go. We'll take a break and we'll come back. We've got great guests today. Um, by the way, the Oilers have 2024 and 2025 first. Philip Broberg, Dylan Holloway, and Olivier Rodrigue. I think all of those players could be in play. Holloway, unlikely, but it depends on the return. This is Stu. Good afternoon, gents. Not sure if you hear the tabloid chatter about Kane being a problem in the room. Uh, and him and Drysaddle having issues. Do you think this is any more than just tabloid BS? Thanks, too. Here's what I know. I know that I've followed sports since the 60s, and not everybody gets along all the time, and it doesn't matter. In fact, sometimes it's good. Uh, the legendary stories about Chris Pronger being an, a, a, an irritant and, and a, a little bit of vinegar in the dressing room was all over in 2506, and they went to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. So what I would encourage you to do is disregard all of it. None of it matters. Evander Kane doesn't like playing on the third line. Evander Kane is vocal about it. I think if you're a coaching staff, you like that. You like the fact that he's not happy about it. He shouldn't be happy about it. I don't want a player who's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I feel better on the third line. To hell with that noise. You want to be a feature player. And I suspect he will be. When push comes to shove. Why not a replacement for Skinner? He isn't the answer for a cup run, Randy. Randy, we we disagree. I respectfully disagree with you. I think they've got one in Stuart Skinner, and I know I could be on an island and I'm not changing my mind. This guy, when they play structurally sound, he plays well. And the orders have had that. They had that with Dubnik, and they gave up on it because they started the swarm, and the swarm ruined Dubnik, and they just allowed him to escape, and then he had a wonderful career. Goaltending isn't the issue in this town. When they play well defensively, you get a game like we saw the other night against the LA Kings. I know I'm right about this. The Edmonton Oilers have a goalie. Thank God and Greyhound. That's a country song, boys. Okay, on the way, NHL rumors. Frank Cusimano will join us at 1240 to talk Blues. Bruce McCurdy at 1 to talk Oilers. And Duncan with Declan, our friend Declan, will have NBA news about the Boston Celtics. He'll he'll rain down blows on my Philadelphia 76ers, and I'm going to ask him about Milwaukee and a couple of teams out west that are kind of meh, but they really are good. And come playoff time, I'm sure we'll get their best. Rumors next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. The truth is, I couldn't win a arm wrestling contest with the drapes. That's the truth. Lowdown on Sports 1440 Wolf GMC Buick. Check them out at wolfgmcbuick.com. Before we get to rumors, I want to read this and respond. We get this all the time. Bad captain. Skinner is not a bona fide starter. That's a problem. Okay. So I've run the numbers. Last two years, 23-24 and this, 22-23 and 23-24 among starters and five-on-five five save percentage. Stuart Skinner is at 920. That's 16th in the National Hockey League. 16th. Tied with Tristan Jari, Alex Lyon, 
And just behind Philip Gustafson, Bobrovsky, Varlamov, Georgiev, Thatcher Demko, Scott Wedgwood, Marc-Andre Fleury, Shesterkin, Aiden Hill, Soros, Sorokin, Hellebuck, Swayman, Decord, Ulmark. So what I'm saying is if you can get Ulmark or Swayman or Hellebuck or Thatcher Demko, fill your hat. But Thatcher Demko's at 922, say, percentage, and Stuart Skinner is 920. I understand Demko's more famous, but Stuart Skinner was a finalist for the Calder Trophy a year ago. And last year, when they were dead in the water, he saved their ass. And this year, when they were dead in the water, he saved their ass. So let's review. He's making $2.6 million. You can't afford to go trade for a starting goaltender making seven or eight. And that guy's not out there anyway. And if you're wondering, because I know you are, Soros is at 924. He would be a guy, if you could get, he would be a guy who is better than Stuart Skinner. I just don't think he's coming here. Nashville is winning games. Skinner will not tolerate another number one coming. What does that mean? Skinner is being paid to play for the Edmonton Oilers. He doesn't have authority in the, over what management does. And I'm not talking about a real number one. I'm talking about a, a legitimate backup who has NHL playoff experience. Gensel isn't coming here. Okay. I think if he's traded here, he'll play, right? Skinner's a good goalie when he, so during the regular season comes to the playoffs. He can't handle the pressure. They lost against Vegas over two second periods, game five and game six. And two penalties, one to Broberg, one to Yanmark. That turned the series. I'm sorry, but it did. And I know I'm using I'm sorry the way other people use I'm sorry, and I'm sorry for that, but I did it. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Some rumors. Um, This hurts some people because a lot of folks had Mackenzie Blackwood on their list. He's gone on injured reserved. Uh, for the San Jose Sharks. And there is there's talk in Boston. Steve Conroy of the Boston Herald has it. Not much progress in Jake DeBrusque's contract talks with the Bruins. I wrote about this the other day. about a, I thought when the Bruins were in town, I wrote about a trade that I thought made sense for both teams. The Oilers want a top six legit scorer, a shooter. DeBrusque is that. And the Bruins badly need help on left defense. So I wrote about the trade. By the way, Hampus Lindholm has been ruled out of the two remaining games this week for the Bruins. And we'll see about next week. The Adam Henrique talk is intensifying. This is from David Pagnotta, who we had on last week from the fourth period. It's a matter of when, not if he's traded, according to Pagnotta. So there you go. Now, L.A. might be in on that or other deals because of Adrian Kempe. There are rumors that they are going after a winger now, and you understand why. Eric Stevens of The Athletics said that uh, Trevor Zegras has been off of crutches for about a week and can return to the ice in a week or two. He has been mentioned in trade rumors. I don't really get it. I don't know why they would trade such a fine young player, but... Maybe there's something going on there. Don't know. 
I think the Edmonton Oilers, Ken Holland does this every year, and I really do think what the list is, is one through, say, ten. And all of the names we're hearing are probably on it, including Anthony Mantha. But it likely starts with Tanev, Gensel, Bechnevich, Henrique, the veterans, the older veterans that he likes. My questions are, is there any right-handed defenseman aside from Tanev? Like the kid they've got, Carrier in Nashville, is he on the list? And then the other question I have is, any goaltender on the list? I don't have your answer there. But those are the questions I'd want to know the answer to. There are more than... I saw somebody mentioned Joel Armia, and I'm like, apparently he's up to 10 goals now. I don't think that's where Edmonton will go. Although I do like the idea of like a, a crusty bugger on the bottom six. Can you say crusty bugger on the radio? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's the green zone for sure. <laughs> say it again if you want. Well, I, I've said it twice. I think, I, right. you know, I don't want to test the, the radio gods. No, that's fair. Yeah. You know, well, I, I mean, I they remember you. George Carlin, but... <laughs> I remember when George got, Carlin said that out loud in a comedy act. Like there, funny. there is a hilarious story about George Carlin. I'm not going to get into it right now. Maybe I'll tell you some other time. But it's well, it's crazy. You, now you have to tell us a little. What, what's no, the, it's it's probably not fit for radio either. And I might have oh, actually okay. told you before. So I'm going to drop it. and We're going to get back to rumors starting now. Okay, George Carlin was very funny. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. One time he was talking about, and I just howled. One time he was talking, two things. Number one, he talked about when you were getting old and to scare your kids and the stuff that you do. And it was very vulgar, but very funny. And then he also talked about how he would solve the homeless problem. And it it's funny because when he said it, I howled with laughter, but I do know that people would be upset because he said, let's just give them all the golf courses. Everybody's homeless. You can just walk to a golf course and live there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you good. know how many golf courses are just like, you know, there's a one day, I can tell you your future. For instance, one day, everybody your age is going to refuse to work because you pay so much in taxes, and then the entire system is going to crumble. And then they're going to have to come back to young people and take them out of prison and say, okay, this is the new deal, and get you working again. And then the other thing that's going to happen, and and I don't know when because I'm not sure, but water is going to be an issue. And it already is, but it's really going to be an issue. And things like golf courses and car washes and those things, it's going to be a different world. People are going to have to start paying like more money for water, for usage. Honestly, we have left you, young people, a wonderful, wonderful world, and I'm just happy we did. That's my word for the day. So I have a question that I need answered, and I'm going to ask my two brethren here, and then I'm going to ask you to text us your answer, okay, at one 1440 This is the trade rumor segment, so I'm going to do this because it's not, his name is not out there, but it probably should be. And if you're Ken Holland, I would be surprised if you at least didn't ask to see if there's an opportunity. Do you know where I'm going, Donovan? I don't know where you're going. Please enlighten me. Okay. Because I like I do think that the Edmonton Oilers ideally would get a right defenseman. That would be the way to go. And everybody's talking about our friend in Calgary, Mr. Tanev, with the funky hair that Declan keeps trying to copy. I don't know why. Just want to look good. Okay. 
Where are the glasses? You just look spectacular with those fake glasses. I do. Don't they, you know what? They're in my bag. I'll grab them at the break. You say that. Because I do look great. Don't you do I? say, say that, and then you never Ooh. do. You do. You look like I'm Thank like you, rock star. You know, <laughs> I look like a I look like a like a painter. You know what I mean? Look, if you rolled in with the what's the name of those brothers that get in trouble all the time? The Blues Brothers? No, no, the mm. Brothers Brothers. The one of them is just a badass. I don't think he's in the band anymore. Oh, what? What, what do they call them? What do they call that band? Are you talking about Oasis? Joan, Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Jonas Brothers. Okay. Yeah. Isn't there one of them who's just like a badass that can't control the guy? I don't think so. I think they're all pretty all right. good, you know, good Catholic boys. Disney kids. What does that mean? Oh, well, they're Look, pretty well behaved. Let's make a list of the Catholics and what they've done in the last 20 years and see how that goes. All right. Speaking of taking on the clergy. <laughs> so, uh, Adam Larson is my guy because he's got one more year at $4 million. Seattle is not going to make the playoffs. Man, if Adam Larson could come back here, I think the skies would open and we'd have eternal sunshine in Edmonton. It would always be 23 degrees. Our cars would be clean. There'd be no snow. And I don't know. There'd be free Twizzlers at every street corner. Comma, but you know that's not happening. I want it to happen. Yeah. No, we all do. But... I think we have to, you know, understand the parameters surrounding why he left, understand that it's that one that door is probably closed and we have to live with that. Why does that Joni Mitchell song keep coming back over and over again? Don't it always seem to go? You don't know what you got till it's gone. That's a great song. Karaoke song, if I may say so. When myself. are we karaoke inging? Um maybe maybe Friday. Because I think we'll, we'll, like, the best way to do it is to get your Ramchuk and Lansky on it as well. You know what I mean? Because I know those guys got some pipes. Then if we can make it like the five of us, do we we'll want do a battle to get of the bands people kind of better thing. than us or worse than us to join? Uh, I'm fine. Like, well, listen, it's not hard to be better than me. That's anyone we're going to have on, period. So I'm happy to get as much talent as we can out there and make for some good who's radio. Who's a really good, who do we know who's like our actual good singer? Ooh. Like, maybe, I mean, could sing a song. I wouldn't be surprised if Donovan could hit a high C and he's just been hiding it from us. But other than that, I'm not sure. You can probably sing a pretty good baritone. I, I can sing I Can't Help It If I'm Still In Love With You which is a Hank Williams song from my childhood, and I know it backwards. Other than that, maybe Sonam Enchanted Evening from South Pacific. Mm. And I can Not sing bad. That's Amore, the Dean Martin song, but I, I, I camp it up, so it's not really singing so much as shouting. What about you? What's your go-to? We talked about this before. Uh, well, uh, I don't really have a go-to. We've talked about this se, every two days. But I, seems like. I have, I have done. Uh, I feel it coming by the weekend before. It was uh, absolutely terrible. Wow. So that's you a know bold what? choice. It was a bold yeah. choice. I was, I was pretty proud of myself for for embarrassing myself to that level. It was genuinely iconic. But you know who I think would have some nice pipes that we got to get them to show off. Mm. One, Jason Greger. Can he sing? I don't know, but I feel like he's just hiding this amazing voice behind all that uh, I thought, baldness. I thought Jason Strudwick could sing, and then he didn't. Strudy can do whatever he wants. He, I did you hear that. him sing Sweet Caroline? Sweet Caroline wrote Neil Diamond and said, please call it something else. I've heard Jason Strudwick sing it. That's how it's bad it was. It was gosh awful. What are you laughing at? 
Not laughing at anything. I just did one. No, of, him. Oh, I'm sorry. He's back there laughing, giggling like a. He's hidden behind a computer screen for me, so I can't see him. Oh. See him laughing. I see his eyes a little bit every now and then. We make eye contact, and he's just daggers <laughs> through me. That's about it. We did get a text in from Maple Jed. Focus, LT. You were mid trade. <laughs> I, I know. Remember. I know the people want to hear it, so I'll let you get back to that. I don't. Then, what was I talking about? Well, you were talking about Adam Larson, and right. then it just kind of. De- well, so I just. I feel like Adam Larson is because I. I know, like, I don't know how Ken Holland thinks, but I know what his history is. And he likes famous people. Mm. And he likes to trade for people that he's had before. And he likes to trade for people who can help him win. And that, that is Adam Larson. Can I throw one out to you guys? Because there have been a couple articles recently, and we just got a text about what a package for Jake DeBrusque would look like. I wrote about that last week. So here's what we do. We go to The Athletic, and we check out Low Tide's article, and we have our, we have our, answer, we have our questions answered. I, I, because it makes too much sense. DeBrusque right. comes back here. Kumbaya. Louis happy. The money's good. Exactly. He scores a Stanley Cup winning goal. We all love him. He gets and to, then, you know, we had to send some people away, and we're sad about that. I went to junior high with Jake DeBrusque. Did you really? I did, yeah. Yeah. Can he sing? I, I never heard him sing. Yep. He was pretty. He was a pretty quiet guy, all things considered. For being I'm, as nice at puck as he was, he was a humble guy. He was I'm really a nice. hard on the sleeve kind of person, and I do get emotional. I I saw the. Did you see the John Stewart thing when he was talking about his dog dying? No, I cried this morning. It's so sad. I can't do it. That's too fresh for me. Well, I, can't I know do your it. dog died, yeah. but don't watch it then I'm because not, it's really I have difficult. No plans to. Um, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, emotional. But I when when Louis and Jake DeBrusque were doing that thing and they said I love you or whatever, that was beautiful. Don't you think that was beautiful? I do. Maybe I'm just a mushy guy, but I thought it was really nice. So you must have really liked that coupon then, hey? The the push up <laughs> thing. If you don't score a goal or an assist, you got to do thirty push ups. That was that was pretty funny. I did enjoy that. That was that was a good moment. The the thing about parents is we remember everything and we hold on to everything. So I was not surprised by that. Um, Jason Strudwick, he can't sing, but he's very convincing. He's great. I love Struddy, but he cannot sing. And Sweet Caroline suffered greatly after he sang it. It no longer became my favorite song by Neil Diamond. I went down to Cracklin' Rosie for a while. I'm back, but there you go. All right. We're wasting too much time. Frank Cusimano, Fan 590. In St. Louis on the way. We're going to talk about the Blues. I promise not to mention Bernie Federko. How's that? This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Check them out at wolfgmcbuick.com. Love that song. I loved that song when it was out on the radio. And then, of course, it became a big part of the St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup run. Along with Jordan Bennington and... Patrick Maroon. That was a hell of a run for those of us who remember the expansion St. Louis Blues. And they were in the final the first three years, 68, 69, and 70, with uh, Scotty Bowman and Al Arbor and Glenn Hall from Spruce Grove with Jacques Plante. They were amazing. And then it took forever to win the Stanley, and they finally did it. And it was big news. And I've always enjoyed the story of the St. Louis Blues. They're an interesting organization, and they have a wild and quite frankly, very knowledgeable fan base. Frank uh, Cusimano joins us now from 590 The Fan in St. Louis. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Great to be with you, Al. Thank you so much. It's an honor to talk hockey. Well, there you go. And, you know, the Blues are, I know that, that like, they're 
they're out of the playoffs or in 10th right now, but they're not far away. Two games in hand on Nashville uh, and six points back. If they were to win both, they'd be right there. And so I, I guess what's the general mood in St. Louis with the team and with the fans being that close and, and, you know, there's talk of Bichnevich being traded. It sounds like they should be a, maybe a buyer, but they're a buyer and a seller. What's the, what's the feeling in St. Louis right now? Well, I don't think they're going to be a buyer. And I think that, you know, the way this thing is trending right now, uh, losers of five out of their last seven and then about to face your explosive Oilers tonight, I don't think it looks great. In fact, that little bit of optimism you just said is like the most optimistic thing I've heard about the Blues in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think that, you know, there's a chance that if this thing were to really trend for you lose tonight – uh, six out of eight. Minnesota's playing better next, and let's say it's seven out of nine. If they are really tanking at the deadline, it won't be just Pavel Buchnevich being moved. Now, they've been streaky because before this little skid, they had won seven out of eight. You thought, you know what? They're going to do it. They're going to be a seventh or eighth place team, and then they got all this great young talent in the organization. Things are going to be just fine. But then they just. You know, they're just not real talented. They have some players, no doubt about it. Buchnevich, Buchnevich is one of their most complete. Robert Thomas is their best player. Cairo has great speed. But they just, they don't have, their 5-on-5 five five the last two weeks has just been atrocious. I mean, it's been 30th in the league if you look it up. So I think that if they're not playing well at the deadline, is they're going to move more than Pavel Buchnevich. They're going to make hockey trades, but they're going to think towards the future because they do have some interesting pieces that could yield a, yield a lot. Well, you saying that means I have to ask you this question because it will be texted to me 500 times in the next one minute. Colton Pareko, is he a keeper or is he, I know he's got a big contract for a long time, but Edmonton Oilers fans have always been after Colton Pareko. Is he a player you see staying long-term along with that long-term deal? Well, I would guess that he would stay. But again, at that deadline, if you've lost a lot in a row, you're not thinking about remaining, you know, in 10th through 8th place. This is a Blues franchise, as you know. It's had a great deal of success. You don't want to be in this spot anymore. You want to be thinking, how do we become elite again? And if Pareko yields you a boatload in return, sure. Now, with all that said, it's Pareko's having his best year, and he's their best defenseman. But I'm telling you, everybody, I think, but Robert Thomas is probably – you know, somebody that could be discussed if they're that bad as we get to the deadline on March 8th. You know, that's a great name that you just tweeted out or text or said because uh, Robert Thomas is my next question. He's 8.125, but you're, you know, he's 24 or whatever. And sometimes you sign a guy to a big contract when he's young and it's like, okay, maybe not. This guy looks like every few months he steps it up another notch, and he really is something else and a, and a guy you could build your team around, and obviously they're going to. Yeah. You know, the way you described that earlier in your, in your sentences, you almost described Jordan Cairo because that's the one, like Robert, who got an identical contract, that you start to wonder, boy, did we really have to do that? Is that really a good contract? With Robert Thomas, I don't think there's any hesitation. He's become Mr. St. Louis. Every, you know, event that the Blues need somebody to show up, every golf tournament, he's basically the face of the franchise moving forward. 
Cairo, who you could make a case for, is equally as talented, but there's some character issues. There's some, are you always playing your best issues? Now, the two were both benched on Saturday in Detroit in that 6-1 to shellacking. But I think, you know, if you were to have like an approval rating for Robert Thomas in St. Louis, it'd be like 90%. If you had an approval rating for Jordan Cairo, it'd be like 60%. Sports 1440, this is the Lowdown with Low Tide. Frank Cusimano joining us from the Fan 590 in St. Louis talking about the Blues. Tough night last night. This is a team that, that you know, as you mentioned, they're not exactly, you know, rolling and their, their road record isn't fabulous. Uh, how, how long do you think, like a Butchnevich, if he is going to be moved, uh, do you think it'll go right down to the line or do you think the Blues are pretty close to pulling the trigger on something? I don't think they're close because... You know, as I mentioned, you know, eight days ago, hey, we're going to make the playoffs. And this, this is what I said on my talk show is I said, let's, let's think about this for a second. Don't trade Pavel Buchnevich. Let, let's, let's make that and let's make, let's make this team intact as we head to the postseason. And Jordan Bennington can win you a series. And then when you get to the next round, there may be an injury, a star player on the other team. You could win a couple of rounds. And now it's like a complete opposite of the way you feel. I mean, it's, it's the, flux, the fluxation. I don't know what that – the way the opinions have evolved in the last seven or eight days. And I'm sure Doug Armstrong is like every one of us in the media and like every fan out there that, hey, I have to evolve as we decline in the standings or I have to – Think about, hey, we could be special. I don't want to move Pavel Buchnevich. You know, Buchnevich, I think everybody should know this, he has a year left on his contract. Yeah. And he's not just a good player. He's a really good player. He's, you know, maybe, I think he's the most complete player. Robert Thomas is your best, but Buchnevich is your most complete. That's interesting. That's an interesting way of putting it. Um and Like, I, I look at this team and I go, Thomas and Pareko, who we've talked about, I think Bennington would be untouchable. What about a guy like Jake Neighbors? Has he done enough maybe to be among the group that that are keepers or at least assumed to be keepers? I think he's the second most untradeable player after Robert Thomas. He's 21. He's going to have 25 goals. He fights. He, you know, his, they always say, a basketball coach friend of mine, the great Rick Majerus used to say, you can't expedite the learning curve. But with neighbors, they have. Nobody thought. In fact, I was in the locker room a week and a half ago. I go, have you surprised yourself? He goes, hell yes. I didn't think I was going to score this many goals. And he's your future with Thomas. And you have the Snuggaroods. Um, you have Dalibor, Dvorsky. You have so much good young talent in the organization that you can supplement them with a couple of veterans. And Bennington is not old. Um, they like Joel Holfer. You know, there's a future. And, and that's why Doug Armstrong, you know, he's, he's thinking about that. He's at the deadline. He's got to make hockey trades. I think every year, uh, I, I like I I feel like he was playing in the seventies, and I know that Nick Letty wasn't, but I know he's been around a long time. And every year I go, well, you know, he's probably lost a step by now, and and I know he's not at the peak Nick Letty level. But I was looking on those uh, uh, numbers that they have on uh, NHL.com about foot speed, and it looks like he's still competitive. He's had a not a great year, but he is playing maybe above where he should be uh, on the depth chart, and I know he makes a little bit of money. 
money. Is he a guy with defensemen so valuable at the deadline? Is he a guy you could see the St. Louis Blues liking to move and and maybe moving for less than hundred percent or hundred cents on the dollar? Yeah, he's he's definitely a guy you could move. And you, but you're right too about the way he moves. He's still a, just a wonderful skater. And you know, Justin Falk is another guy who's a good hockey player who makes a lot of money who could also be moved. They tried to move Tory Krug, but you know, a lot of these guys have these no trades. And you know, that that phrase no trade is probably the reason for the decline of the Blues since the Stanley Cup year. Because Alex Petrangelo, I think, would have stayed here in St. Louis if Doug Armstrong would have simply given him the no trade. And ironically, there have been four or five guys that had this no trade clause who aren't near the player that Alex Petrangelo was with the Blues. I'm telling you, if you were to ask St. Louis, if you were to ask 10 St. Louisans why the decline, what happened, what was the reason, all 10 would say letting Alex Petrangelo leave. It's unanimous. And it was all because of that phrase. Doug Armstrong would not allow him to have that complete and total no trade. Now, some of these guys have a no trade, but Alex wanted a complete no trade clause. Love it. Thanks for this. Enjoy the game, and I really, really appreciate your time. Al, great to be with you. Thank you so much. Okay, there you go. Frank Cusimano, 590 The Fan in St. Louis. Love his energy. we got to get that guy back I'm on. I'm telling you, right? You know. Well, I was telling you before the show, he called me. Man. Mostly when you get in contact with a guest, they just text back and say, yes, I'll do it, no, no, whatever. He called me, and nothing but enthusiasm and gratefulness. I feel like I could call that guy at 10 o'clock tonight, and we could talk about the game after the game, just as people. You, well, you, could, you could talk about bridge, and it would be that kind of enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm telling you. By the way, I want to read this because I just find this fascinating, and we will take a break, I promise. And we have Bruce McCurdy coming up at 1. But maybe at one twenty we can talk about this. The PWHL has announced their playoff format and draft order, and it goes like this. The top four teams in regular season standings will qualify for the playoffs. The first place team will select, they'll have a 24-hour window to select their semifinal opponent. So let's say the second place team loses their best player. They can, they, now this is wild and innovative, and I'm sure everybody will hate it, but I love it. The semifinals and championships will be played as best of fives. Higher seeds will have home ice advantage for games one, two, and five. Games required over time will be decided by playing five on five periods until a winning goal is scored. The gold plan of the draft will assign the first pick to the non-playoff team that accrues the most points following its elimination from playoff contention. That's a rule that should be applied in the National Hockey League. Once a team is mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, it begins earning draft order points. The team with the most draft order points at the conclusion of the regular season will earn the first selection in each round of the draft. Now, this is pristine It's an interesting concept. Damn straight it is. You know, the Edmonton Oilers got Connor McDavid because the rest of the league was mad at the Edmonton Oilers. And they said, that's it. The team with the first overall uh, odds has too good an odds. So what we'll do is we'll take some odds away from them, and then we'll give a little bit better odds to the two, three, four, and 5 team. And that's what happened. That's why the Oilers got McDavid. The, the NHL 
and they do this time and again. This is what the NHL did. The NHL, because they're all old guys, they got mad as hell. They stood for a while. And then after they were done counting the money, they made this decision, which is basically taking off your shoes and socks, loading the revolver, and shooting both feet clean off. And that's how Connor McDavid arrived in Edmonton, and I'm not wrong. On the way, Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440.